Coffee to the Sky, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Zay, collectively known as SoCal Uncensored or SCU. This is Catch, Hook, and Shoot, the worst podcast I've ever been on. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Catch, Hook, and Shoot. Today is Sunday, May the 31st, 2020. I want to thank everybody, as always, for listening, watching, and subscribing on YouTube, Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. Make sure you're following on social media. It's at Catch, Hook, Shoot on all social media platforms. Head to patreon.com slash catch, hook, shoot for all your bonus content and prowrestlingtees.com slash catch, hook, shoot for all your t-shirt needs. If you ever want to shoot me an email, it's catchhookshoot at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, before I, uh, before I get too deep into the show here, I just want to say, uh, you know, I hope everybody is staying safe, staying healthy, not just with the, uh, the, the quarantine with uh, COVID-19, which is still a big issue, but also with all of the... Uh, uh, yeah, just everything going on the last few days with the uh, the protests and uh, some of those protests turning into riots and some people, you know, some people just taking advantage of the situation that are not, let me make it clear, these are not protesters that I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people that are taking advantage of the protests to, uh, you know, go out there and commit uh, commit crimes. You know, it's not what this is all about. And I, uh, I posted on social media uh, just uh, yesterday you know my uh my thoughts on everything going on i mean there there is a very clear pattern in this country of uh police violence against uh against minorities and it needs to it needs to stop you know and i uh you know i just my uh, my thoughts and my uh my good good wishes are with uh, everybody who's out there protesting standing up for what they believe in uh and you know i just hope hopefully you know there there can be some type of change uh to come from all of this um you know i mean it uh yeah it's just it's a it's a crazy time in the world like i said i'm just uh you know my thoughts are with everybody who's who's out there uh standing up for what they believe in and trying to uh trying to force some kind of change because it is desperately desperately needed so uh that being said let's get into our usual programming here and we are starting it all off like we always do with the match of the week All right, so the match of the week this week comes from AEW's pay-per-view Double or Nothing last week, and I am talking about Stadium Stampede. Now, there was there was some mixed reaction to this match online. Uh, of course, there were some people who didn't like it for whatever their reasons were, and, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, I, I thought this match was fantastic. I, I really do like the, uh, the cinematic matches that we've been seeing more and more of during the... Uh, this uh, empty arena era, as I'm calling it, and uh, you know the uh, the stadium stampede. I mean, with any cinematic match, it, it can go one of two ways. It can be fantastic and tremendously entertaining, or it can just completely flop. You know, and uh, the, this one fell on the uh, the entertaining side. I mean, you, you had some high spots, you had some funny spots. You, it was just a really really cool match. I mean, uh, you had. Uh, <laughs> God, where do you even start? I mean, uh, you had Hangman riding in on a horse and chasing Sammy Guevara out of the out of the stadium. Uh, you had Matt Jackson suplexing Sammy Guevara a hundred yards from one end zone to the other. Uh, at one point in the match, we had a bar fight between Hangman Page and uh, and Jake Hager. Um, so, um, we saw Kenny Omega hit a one-winged angel from the stands to the field onto Sammy Guevara for the uh, for the victory in the match for the elite. Uh, we saw you know three three or four different versions of Matt Hardy <laughs> during the during one point in the match. Uh, and uh, I got to say the MVP of this match really was Sammy Guevara. He he was involved in some of the best spots of this match. Like I, I talked about the hundred yard suplexes, the the being chased out of the arena by Hangman on a horse uh being chased up into the stands by matt hardy and kenny omega in a golf cart and then taking that nasty one-winged angel 
from uh, from Kenny Omega at the end of the match. So, I mean, all around, I thought it was great. I loved it. I thought it was entertaining as hell, and it was a great uh, great way to, to end that uh, that pay-per-view for AEW. So that that is my match of the week. If you only see one match this week, make it the Stadium Stampede from AEW's Double or Nothing from last Saturday. So, rolling right along, let's get into the uh, the next segment of the show, which is my top three highlights of the week, and it is called the Three Count. So, first up on the Three Count this week on uh, on AEW Dynamite on Wednesday, we finally saw the AEW debut of the tag team formerly known as The Revival, now known as simply FTR, uh, and a couple you know a lot of speculation as far as what FTR means uh you know um could be like fear the revolt formerly the revival but uh based on the uh, the t-shirt that uh, that was put out and the comments made by uh uh, uh by FTR the, uh, the apparently the name of the team is fuck the rest which uh kind of cool obviously they're not going to be introduced as that they're just going to be FTR but uh yeah i think uh you know, this one, long overdue, you know, FTR, they were trying to get out of WWE for quite a while, finally got their releases, and now they are part of AEW, so I think, uh, yeah, AEW's tag team division just keeps getting more and more stacked. You've got, you know, Private Party, you've got SCU, you've got the Dark Order, you've got the Young Bucks, now we've got FTR. It's, uh, yeah, AEW's got an amazing tag team division, so, uh, you know, and this just uh, just adds to it. Uh, part or uh, number two on the three count again from AEW we saw another debut of uh, Brian Cage made his debut during the casino ladder match at the double or nothing pay-per-view and uh, he apparently is being managed by Taz which is uh, an interesting pairing but uh, I think it's working well so far Uh, showed up on uh, Dynamite again you know and uh Brian Cage was the winner of that casino ladder match, so he now gets a shot at the World Championship against Jon Moxley at the next AEW pay-per-view, which is Fighter Fest. So, uh, yeah, Brian Cage officially part of uh, part of AEW, and apparently from what Tony Khan had said, he actually signed back in uh, January, I think it was. But uh, obviously he was out with an injury at that time. He had uh, just had surgery to repair, uh, I believe it was a torn pectoral muscle or a torn bicep, one of those two, uh, torn muscle in the upper body. But, uh, yeah, so Brian Cage, another huge addition to the AEW roster, another big guy. Uh, I cannot wait to see some of the matches that he is going to have. Uh, I'm, I'm you know, really looking forward to seeing him go in there against guys like Lance Archer, like Wardlow, like Luchasaurus, some of the other bigger guys on the, on, uh, the AEW roster. So, uh, yeah, welcome to AEW, Brian Cage. And number three on the three count, we've got a new WWE United States champion in Apollo Crews, won the championship on Monday Night Raw. Um, yeah, it's uh, Cruz's first uh, title in uh, in WWE since he's been there, uh, and it's you know long overdue. Apollo Cruz is a hell of a wrestler, and uh, you know I think he he's another one that kind of fell victim to uh, being overlooked because of his size. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but he you know he can do some amazing stuff in that ring. He's uh, he's got an awesome look. He's he's you know just. Uh, uh, an all-around great talent. So, uh, yeah, long overdue, about time for uh, Apollo Crews, your new United States champion. So let's get into uh, news and rumors for the week on uh, WWE. On uh, on all three programs, actually, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, we saw uh, people from, uh, from the Performance Center and some NXT stars actually in the crowd uh, during the shows, kind of taking a page out of AEW's uh, AEW's book there, because they've uh, AEW's had wrestlers in the crowd for quite a while now on Dynamite. But uh, so yeah, uh, and it does uh, does give it a different feel having people in the crowd, even if it is you know uh, other wrestlers. It just kind of I don't know I don't know how to explain it. I mean, if you know, you know. Uh, it just kind of gives that different different vibe of having you know people in the crowd cheering and booing and chanting and whatever. So. Uh, yeah, WWE using Performance Center trainees as well as some NXT talent in the in the audience for all of their shows. Um, saw another appearance from the Iconics. It looks like they're you know gunning to get back the uh, the women's tag team championships. Put a uh, pretty good 
pretty good beatdown on uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross on Monday Night Raw. So, uh, yeah, the Iconics are definitely looking to get back into that women's tag team title picture. Um, saw, a, 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 I guess, what I would call an interesting promo from Liv Morgan during Monday Night Raw wasn't I don't know it was it was odd I mean it wasn't bad it was a great you know great promo Liv has uh, is becoming a pretty good talker but uh, it I don't know it just I didn't understand the point of it I guess uh, but hopefully that'll you know become clear in the coming weeks we'll see you know what uh, what kind of storyline she ends up in who you know who she ends up uh uh, having rival rivalries with or anything like that, so uh, keep an eye on Liv Morgan because it looks like they're they're going to be uh, spotlighting her a little bit. Uh, we found out Nia Jax is the new number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship, and she'll be taking on uh, uh, yeah Asuka. <laughs> Forgot who the champ was for a minute. I almost said Becky Lynch, uh, but she'll be taking on Oscar for the uh, the uh, Raw Women's Championship at uh, Backlash. Uh, we also saw MVP and Bobby Lashley have a confrontation backstage with the Street Profits, and that uh, that turned into a uh, tag team match later on in the show. I'm really liking this pairing of Lashley and MVP. Um, you know, Lashley is definitely a, uh, a main event guy, or at least he should be. Uh, and I think MVP is the is exactly what Lashley needs because uh, you know he's one doesn't cut the best promos, but he you know is just dominant and is just a monster in the ring so putting him with somebody who is very good on the mic like mvp as his mouthpiece i think is a perfect pairing obviously they've got history i talked about this before they've got history from tna and things like that so uh yeah i'm, I'm definitely here for uh, mvp and lashley um also had an announcement on raw that next week there's going to be a retirement ceremony for Rey mysterio and that's going to be hosted by seth rollins now i am pretty sure Rey mysterio is not actually retiring i'm pretty sure this is you know uh, a storyline based on uh, you know based off of uh, seth rollins uh taking out mysterio's eye quote unquote a couple of weeks ago so uh i'm sure this is just uh something to advance that storyline um not sure when ray is supposed to come back to the ring uh, i don't know if this is going to be the opening that they use to bring in his son dominic uh as part of uh as part of the the rivalry with seth rollins kind of like they did with with samoa joe when uh, dominic caught a bit of a beat down there so uh, we'll have to wait and see but yeah a quote-unquote retirement ceremony for ray mysterio is uh, is coming up tomorrow night on raw so that should be interesting uh, moving on to NXT, we found out that the finals for the uh, the Cruiserweight Championship is going to be Phantasma taking on Drake Maverick. Uh, WWE really pushing this uh, this Maverick storyline. Um, you know, obviously his release was announced when there was that big mass exodus from WWE with releases uh, uh, a couple months ago, or not quite a couple months ago, but uh, yeah, and uh, you know the. Uh, uh, Drake Maverick just drummed up a lot of support online after he posted his, uh, you know, his reaction to it, to being released, and, uh, you know, WWE is, uh, is capitalizing on it, so hopefully, you know, this will be a situation where uh, where Drake will be, will be kept around, I mean, uh, he's, you know, put on some great matches the last couple of weeks, I'm glad they finally let him get into the ring, on a pretty much regular basis because up until now he had been the GM of 205 Live and he had been a manager for AOP briefly and uh, you know he had had a couple of matches here and there but uh, you know Drake Maverick, Rockstar Spud, whatever you want to call him, another one who's a, a great performer in the ring uh, and you know in WWE just kind of fell victim to uh, being a little you know a, a smaller guy you know being a little undersized or however you want to put it and uh, you know, I think that's kind of kind of sad on WWE's part that uh, they they don't really give these the smaller guys much of a chance when they can get in there and work their asses off like Drake Maverick can. So uh, honestly, I hope Maverick is the uh, you know is the winner, ends up with the cruiserweight title. I think that'd be a great ending to this story. Uh, we also saw, or uh, we also found out that at the uh, the in your house event uh takeover event next week charlotte will be defending the nxt women's championship against io shirai and rhea ripley in a triple threat match i don't think anybody was too surprised by that um 
we saw a uh, kind of a parody of the uh, the Gargano uh, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae segments that we've seen the last few weeks. Saw a parody of that from uh, from Keith Lee and Mia Yim with their uh, you know the uh, a parody of the dinner with the Garganos segments, which was uh, pretty cool. So I'm I'm liking this rivalry with uh, between Lee and Yim against the uh, Gargano and LeRae. So uh, and. Uh, you know that's going to be going to be another match coming up at in your house is Johnny Gargano versus Keith Lee. So I cannot wait for that one. Um, again, it looks like uh, we're going to be seeing a new new rivalry on the tag team front in NXT. Uh, we saw kind of a uh, a vignette with uh, Oni Larkin and uh, Danny Birch, who are a phenomenal tag team. Uh, I've never been tag team champions, never been predominantly in the tag team title picture. I mean, they've had title matches, but they've never been like a staple of the, the title picture, which is is just a travesty because they're one of the best tag teams that NXT has, quite honestly. Uh, you know, it's sounding like they're they're starting to work towards a, uh, uh, a program with Imperium and uh, Danny Burch and, uh, and Oni Lorcan, so I can't wait to see that one. Those should be some amazing tag team matches between those two teams. Uh, we also found out that uh, Adam Cole is going to be defending the NXT Championship against Velveteen Dream in, in your house. And a uh, stipulation on this one is if Dream loses, he can no longer challenge for the NXT title. So, again, should be an amazing match with those two guys. And then we had uh, the uh, the big cage fight between Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher. This one was crazy. This was a straight up fight. You know they wanted to uh, they wanted to have that kind of MMA type feel to it, and it did. And these two guys went in there and they beat the hell out of each other. Uh, with Kurt Angle as a special referee, looks like Kurt Angle is going to be back in WWE uh, after uh, after his release uh, during that big uh, mass release that WWE did. But, uh, yeah, this match was amazing. Timothy Thatcher was victorious in that one. And that was kind of the uh, uh, the exit for Matt Riddle from NXT because it was announced on SmackDown by Kurt Angle that Matt Riddle is the newest member of the SmackDown roster. So it uh, looks like Riddle is pretty much done with NXT, and he's going to be on SmackDown going forward, which, uh, hey, you know, great for him, um, you know, getting moved up to one of the one of the top shows. Uh, also on SmackDown, we saw kind of kind of a disturbing storyline. Uh, that's that's really the best word I can use for it. WWE playing off of uh, Jeff Hardy's past uh, legal problems, you know, DUIs and things like that. Open to the show, we saw uh, look like a car wreck outside the Performance Center. Uh, car was up on the curb, and Elias was laid down on the ground, you know, implying that he had been hit by the car. Uh, turned out to be Jeff Hardy's rental car. They found Hardy laying in the bushes, uh, you know, a little while later, and he was arrested by the police. And just it was it was uncomfortable to watch. I'm not a huge fan of those type of storylines. You know, it's reminiscent of uh, stuff that was done with Road Warrior Hawk back in the day. Um, you know, using his uh, substance abuse issues as part of a storyline and uh, same thing with Scott Hall using his uh, his drinking as part of a storyline on on Monday Nitro and it just you know I I don't like I said I'm not a fan of it I always say there's an audience for everything I'm sure there's people out there who like it who find it intriguing and obviously I mean the wrestlers are going along with it Um, I'm hoping they have some matter of say so in something like this when it's something that is that close to their real life um, so I mean, if they're you know if they're signing off on it and they're going along with it, that's fine. You know, I'm I'm not taking issue with that. It's just I'm I'm just saying for me personally, stuff like that makes you know it's it's uncomfortable for me to watch, and I'm not the biggest fan of it. But like I said, that's just my own opinion. Um, and obviously, this is being used to advance the storyline with uh, with Jeff Hardy and Sheamus, uh, because uh, Jeff Hardy did show up at the end of the show, cost Sheamus uh, the match that he kind of weaselled his way into. Against Daniel Bryan in the semifinals in the Intercontinental Title Tournament, uh, so obviously this is going to be used to to advance that storyline. Uh, speaking of the Intercontinental Title Tournament, the finals of that are set. It's going to be uh, AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan. That is just that's a main event classic wrestling match anywhere on the planet. I don't care what you say. I don't care who you are. I don't care what kind of wrestling you're into. If you cannot get behind an AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan match, you're not a wrestling fan. I'm sorry. You know, these are two of the best 
the best wrestlers of the last 20 years. So th this is going to be a, a fantastic match. And, uh, you know, I would assume... Actually, I... You know what, thinking about it now, I, I can't remember if they said that match is going to happen next week on SmackDown or if it's going to be on Backlash. Um, so we'll have to have to wait and see on that and that that's my fault for not paying close enough attention or looking that up before i started recording this but the uh yeah the finals in the intercontinental title tournament aj styles daniel bryan i i will be glued to my tv for that one whenever it happens uh we actually saw uh, a double count out which uh, doesn't happen a whole lot anymore uh sonia deville and lacey evans now sonia has uh kind of been on this kick you know talking about all the uh the blonde uh, wrestlers in WWE and stuff like that, and you know, standard, pretty standard stuff, saying that they get, uh, basically saying that they get preferential treatment. They're the, the office's favorite, quote unquote, because I think, I think every everybody knows by now Vince McMahon has a, a an affinity for blondes, but uh, you know, so and uh, so it's kind of playing off of that. But uh, yeah, Sonya and Lacey actually had a pretty good match, it ended in a double countout. So I would assume they would continue forward with that. I mean, Sonya and Lacey, I could see putting on some very good matches on uh, both of them at some point getting into the uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship picture. So I'm I'm interested to see how they're going to how they're going to move forward with that one. Uh talking about the uh uh Women's SmackDown Championship, uh we saw Bailey get uh, get Sasha Banks into into some trouble yet again. I mean, and this is stuff that's just kind of playing into the uh what's eventually going to be the match that's uh, supposed to happen between Sasha and Bailey, because it's uh, you know been widely rumored for a while that they're going to be splitting the two of them up and having them in a in a program for the uh, the women's championship on SmackDown. But yeah, Bailey again, uh, you know, running her mouth and getting Sasha into a match with uh, with Alexa Bliss, which uh, Sasha actually ended up winning with some help from Bailey. But uh, and Nikki Cross and Bailey were on commentary during this match, and honestly, the the commentary between these two the back and forth between between bailey and nikki cross was as entertaining as anything that was going on in the ring and, and i say that in a good way it was uh, it was just a really really cool segment of the show i liked it i thought it was great i'm sure there's plenty of people out there talking trash about it but you know whatever like i said there's an audience for everything and you know just as much as there's an audience for everything there's people out there that are going to hate on everything so it is what it is uh, but that is leading into next week a tag team title match between uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defending against Bailey and Sasha Banks. So um, yeah, keep an eye on that one. We could see new new women's tag team champions, but I don't I don't think that's going to happen just yet. I think this will be more uh, leading towards Bailey and Sasha splitting up. I think we may see like some dissension or some you know some miscues during the match between Bailey and Sasha because you've already seen you know. A little bit of the two of them butting heads, so I'm sure this is going to lead more into that. Uh, some uh, miscellaneous WWE news. Uh, looks like Drew Gulak has re-signed with WWE. Now, uh, last week it talked about his, uh, he wasn't released, but his contract expired, and he hadn't uh, come to terms on a new one yet. It looks like that has been resolved. He's back on the uh, the SmackDown roster page on on WWE.com, he was on SmackDown this week. Didn't wrestle, but he was seen back, you know, backstage during uh, one of the backstage segments. So it looks like Gulak has uh, has come to terms on a new contract with WWE. Uh, we talked about Matt Riddle moving up to SmackDown. It looks like Dominic Dijakovic could be moving up to uh, either Raw or SmackDown as well, if the the rumors are to be believed. Um, also, some other interesting contract news. Um, apparently, Adam Cole, who just hit one year as uh, as NXT champion, his contract is coming up sometime at the end of this summer, by all accounts, August or September. And uh, you know, I haven't uh, haven't seen anything about a new contract being signed for him quite yet. So. You know, a lot of course. Anytime somebody's contract is coming up and they haven't signed an extension, the rumor mill just starts going crazy. Now, obviously, uh, Adam Cole is uh, uh, is the uh, the boyfriend of Britt Baker, so of course that starts all the speculation. You know, could he be going to AEW? In addition to that, he was part of the Bullet Club with the Young Bucks uh, at one point before he went on to NXT. So, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of reason for him to go to AEW if that's what he chooses to do, um, but obviously there hasn't been any kind of anything official yet. Uh, now, if he drops the NXT title to Velveteen Dream at the In Your House uh, Takeover event, 
that that could be a sign that uh, WWE is not planning for him to be around a whole lot longer. So we'll have to wait and see what's uh, what's going to happen with that. Uh, some other rumors going around is that some of the WWE Championship belts are going to be getting a redesign. Uh, now, none of, nothing I read was specific as to which titles were going to be getting redesigned, but from what I did read, one title is getting a major overhaul. Another one is just kind of getting tweaked a little bit, uh, but it wasn't specific as to which ones. But the, uh, the only one I can really think of getting a major overhaul would be the United States title because that, uh, that one has been the same since it was introduced that title has not changed except for briefly when john cena had it and he had the custom spinner title but uh you know outside of that the united states title has looked exactly the same ever since it was introduced by the wwe so uh i would i would hope that that's the one that's getting the complete redesign um curious to see what it would look like i mean i know there's been like fan renderings of uh different United States championships. The most popular one, the one that I see all over the place, kind of has the, uh, the the shape and the design of the classic Intercontinental title, but with the, uh, the United States kind of motif with the American flag and the eagle and things like that, which is a really, really cool design. If, uh, you know, if WWE was to go with that one, I don't think they will, but, uh, you know, that that is really the best one that I've seen as far as, uh, you know, speculation and just like, like I said, like fan renderings. But uh, so I'm interested to see what uh, what new belts WWE might be introducing in the near future. Uh, on the commentary side on WWE, it looks like Samoa Joe is going to be the permanent replacement for Jerry the King Lawler on the Monday Night Raw commentary team. Now, from what I saw on this one, it's not necessarily that Joe is never going to wrestle again. It's just that he is uh, he's going to be more. You know, I guess commentary is now going to be his full-time job, and he'll but he'll still be involved in storylines here and there uh, to kind of lighten his schedule in the ring because he has had some some injury issues the last several years, uh, and you know, so I think this uh, is something that uh, could really help prolong his in-ring career by kind of you know spacing out his matches a little bit more. And uh, I mean, on commentary, Joe is fantastic. I have no problem with uh, with Joe being on the the Raw commentary team every week. So I think that's a, a smart move by WWE. And uh, you know, it's great great for Joe because I mean, he is one that could transition into a full time announcer once he is completely done in the ring, and uh, you know, do uh, do a damn good job at it as he has been so far. Uh, talking about commentary teams, it came out this week that uh, NXT. Announcer Nigel McGuinness has been uh, has been furloughed by WWE. Now furloughed doesn't mean release, doesn't mean he's never coming back. Basically means laid off, um, you know, due to the again the the budget cuts and and stuff like that as a result of the the whole COVID nineteen pandemic and uh, stuff like that. Or at least that's the reason that's being that's being given for all this stuff. But uh, you know, hopefully he'll uh, he'll be back on commentary sooner rather than later. Because honestly, the NXT commentary team is my favorite in WWE. I love Mauro Ronaldo. I love Nigel McGuinness, and Beth Phoenix has become a a great uh, commentator. In, in the short time that she has been doing it. So uh, NXT, for my money, NXT has the best announced team on WWE right now. Uh, moving into some AEW news, some more uh, results from <clears throat> from Double or Nothing last week. The Best Friends defeated Private Party to become the number one contenders for the tag team titles. And they'll get that match at, uh, at Fighter Fest. And they will either be taking on... Um, uh, current champions Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, or uh, Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc. Sabian and Havoc have a title match coming up this week on uh, on Dynamite, so we'll see who the winner of that one is, and uh, that they will be the ones going on to take on Best Friends at Fighter Fest. Uh, I already talked about the debut of Brian Cage with Taz in his corner. He uh, uh, Cage was the winner of the uh, the Casino Ladder match, so he gets his title match against Moxley at Fighter Fest as well. The uh, first ever TNT champion was crowned at Double or Nothing, and that champion was Cody Rhodes. Defeated Lance Archer in a great match between these two guys. Um, yeah, the uh, now the TNT belt, uh, I think, leaves a little bit to be desired, but it was announced that the belt is not finished because of the quarantine and limited, uh, you know, uh, companies being limited in, in what they're able to do as far as, uh, you know, having employees there and work they're able to get done. Uh, so obviously there was a delay in finishing the belt. Uh, 
apparently is supposed to be some some gold plating and some other embellishments and stuff like that. But the I think the base um, idea for the belt that we saw, I like it. I, I mean, I like what it could be. Uh, it's got the red strap with the silver plates, very reminiscent of the uh, the NWA World Television Championship, which I like. Um, I mean, at first glance, you know, they, when they posted a picture of it on social media, I was, uh, you know, first thing it reminded me of, obviously, was uh, the, the WWE 24-7 championship, uh, which, you know, not my favorite belt in the world, just because, it, and it wasn't a very good view, it was a, you know, a, it wasn't an up-close view of it, it was a picture of Mike Tyson holding it, so it was hard to get a good look at it, but, you know, after getting a good, close look at it, and hearing that it's not finished, there's still some more work to be done on it. I think it's gonna. I think it'll be a, a, a pretty good title once it's all said and done. So I'm willing to uh, withhold judgment on that until I see the the actual finished product. Uh, we also have a new AEW Women's Champion. Hikaru Shida defeated Nyla Rose to win the title at Double or Nothing. On uh, you know, great uh, no holds barred match between between these two women and uh you know one of one of the best matches at a pay-per-view on it honestly so i you know great match between those two women uh and congratulations to karu shida new aew women's champion uh then on dynamite we saw jungle boy win a battle royal to become the first uh, number one contender for the tnt title so he'll be taking on cody next uh or this coming week for the tnt championship and the first title defense uh, I already talked about uh, Omega and Paige taking on Sabian and Havoc for the tag team titles this week. And then at the uh, the end of AEW Dynamite, we saw a confrontation between Chris Jericho and Mike Tyson. And this was very, very reminiscent, and I'm sure it was purpose, on purpose, that, that it was like this, but very reminiscent of the confrontation between Tyson and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin back uh you know before uh before wrestlemania 14 and uh you know i thought it was great tyson i mean tyson obviously a huge pro wrestling fan you know loves uh, uh getting in the ring and interacting with pro wrestlers and being part of the storylines and you can you can just tell he is having a great time doing this and uh you know i i liked it i mean it you know i don't see it as aew's ripping anything off of wwe i, I did see some people make comments about that and that kind of thing i thought it was a great segment i'm i'm you know, I want to see where it's going to go. Is Mike Tyson actually going to have a match with Jericho? I know Tyson's been training to make a return to boxing. Uh, could he also be getting in a wrestling ring as well? Hey, you know, I, I, I'm here for it. I can't wait to find out what's going to happen. Uh, some uh, some ROH news that I haven't, uh, yeah, haven't uh, been able to have any ROH news for a while. But, uh, yeah, Flip Gordon has re-signed uh, a contract extension with Ring of Honor. Uh, on the Impact side, the finals of the number one contender tournament for the impact world title is going to be trey miguel versus ace austin kind of a surprise i was expecting to see michael elgin in the uh, in the finals of that tournament but uh, yeah it is trey and ace austin so i can't wait that is going to be a high flying yeah that match is going to be hard to keep up with you know i i've uh, i've done commentary on uh, on rascals matches before and they're they're hard to keep up with so trey versus ace austin is going to be no different i can't wait to see that one uh, Impact also announced uh, th through a, uh, a vignette that uh, Deanna Perrazzo is going to be making uh, appearances for Impact. Now, from what I read, she's on a per-appearance deal, has not signed a permanent contract. Uh, so I'll have to see you know, how she fits into the, uh, the knockouts division. But, uh, yeah, the Impact women's division is stacked. I mean, Impact probably has the best women's division in wrestling right now, uh, and that's really not a surprise. Impact has always had, uh, Impact, TNA, whatever you want to call them, have always had a strong women's division. I mean, it could be argued that the Impact Knockouts division is kind of what sparked the whole women's revolution in wrestling. So uh, not, not a big surprise that uh, the Impact Knockouts division is just stacked, and Deanna Perrazzo just adds to that. Uh, we finally saw the uh, the partnership or the pairing or however you want to say it of uh, Havoc and Nevaeh on Impact this past week when they uh, teamed up to take out Kimberly. Now Havoc and Nevaeh already you know partners on the indie scene, uh, partners in Wow Women of Wrestling as Havoc and Hazard. So uh, no surprise that uh, Impact put the two of them together. They're a great team. They have great chemistry together, uh, work very well together, and uh, yeah, just uh, put put. Uh, 
uh, uh, hurting on Kimberly this past week with uh, nobody coming out to help her. So I'm interested to see who uh, who will suffer their wrath next. Uh, we also saw a uh, a tag team uh, uh, a cinematic tag team title match on Impact with the North taking on the Deaners at the Deaner Compound. Um, yeah, see, this this is one of one of those cases where you know, like I said, the cinematic matches are either great or they just kind of fall flat. This one for me kind of fell flat. I you know, it, I mean, it was okay. Don't get me wrong. I like the Deaners. I like the North. It just uh, yeah, this one didn't uh, didn't grab my attention a whole lot. But uh, yeah, the North versus the Deaners at the Deaner Compound. The North are still the tag team champions for Impact. On uh, so yeah, I mean, the North has been having. Uh, these these kind of matches not necessarily like outdoors and things like that but the north has been having these kind of matches the last several weeks uh you know taped from uh from canada so you know just uh, kind of keep it it's impact's way of keeping the north visible keeping their tag team champions visible having the title defenses and things like that so i i got no issue with it like i said this particular match just didn't really grab my attention and uh again on the tag team side ne next week we are going to have a uh, what looks to be a pretty good uh pretty good knockouts tag team match with uh kylie ray and Susie sue young taking on kiera hogan and tasha Steeles. So that should be a very good match with those four women. Uh, some MLW news. It was announced that Alexander Hammerstone has re-signed with MLW. So the uh, yeah, both members, uh, both remaining members of the dynasty, Hammerstone and uh, and Holiday, have re-signed. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see where the dynasty is going to go when uh, we start having you know the uh, the weekly shows again because. Uh, MJF no longer a part of MLW. He lost that loser leaves town match to uh, to Mance Warner, um, you know, several weeks ago. So he, uh, I, I take that to mean his MLW contract is up and he's now exclusively with AEW. So uh, I'm interested to see where the dynasty is going to go after this. Um, and then some NWA news again, you know, that I haven't uh, haven't had much NWA news the last several weeks is uh, Ricky Starks announced that he is now a free agent. His uh, his contract with the NWA is up. Uh, obviously has not signed a new one, so he is now a free agent. Anybody who picks him up would be very smart to do so. Um, you know, wouldn't surprise me to see him in uh, in AEW. I think AEW or Impact would probably be the best fit for Ricky Starks, in my opinion. You know, I mean, not saying he shouldn't go to WWE if an offer is made or anything like that. I just think, you know, with his style, his personality, things like that, I think uh, I think AEW or Impact would be a really, really good fit for him. So that's about it for news and rumors for the week. So right now, I'm going to throw it over to uh, Charlie G. And this is this week's Indie Cut. Thank you, Tom. And hey to wrestling friends, I am Charlie G. with your Indie Cut. Uh, there was a little bit more wrestling action this week. But before I begin with that, if you're wondering why I love left out remembering Chad Gaspard and Hannah Kamara on last week's show is that I knew Tom would do a great job for Chad and I take my part Friday before the news of Hannah. Now I will be honest if I did my part last week I don't know if I could have got through it properly because the loss of Hannah Kamara hit me hard. I, I have followed her career for the past couple of years since I saw her on Ring of Honor and that's pretty much I became, uh, became a fan of stardom and why I covered them for the cut. Uh, her accomplishments started in 2005 at age 8 where she won the DDT Iron Man Heavy Metal Championship against Tanny Mouse only to lose it minutes later to her mom Kyoko Kiyomura. She then ban began her true career in 2016 winning the Princess of Pro Wrestling and JWP Junior Championships on the same day, the Artists of Stardom Tag Championships a month later, and Goddesses of Stardom Tag Championships a year later. Uh, she did winning Rookie of the Year from Wrestling Observer Newsletter that same year in 2017. Uh, her last title came in 2019, winning again the Artists of Stardom Tag Championships, she also won the Stardom 5-Star Grand Prix Tournament and the Fighting Spirit Year-End Award for 2019. 
Uh, this was truly tragic and unnecessary life loss. Uh, the lack of respect shown by fans to bully, bully her standing up for herself on a reality show because some fool ruined her prize gear from Wrestle Kingdom is a sad joke. For what little she did to the guy, there was no point to bully her, let alone suggest, suggest her death. Being bullied can be a struggle for anyone, and extra hard during these times of not being able to be close to their friends or loved ones for support. Uh, the last video I saw of her was from May, 20, May 19th on the Stardom YouTube channel with her Tokyo Cyber Squad, and things seem fine, but as we know now, things do not go well after. The lasting picture of her smiling as the chat ended will be what I remember most of her being happy with her friends one last time. So rest in paradise Chad and Hannah, you will always be remembered. Uh, if you were like me this week looking up Hannah Kumar matches to see the true talent that left us too soon, uh, look up Big Willie Isms that's big, W-I-L-L-I-E-I-S-M-S -L -L -I -I -S on Twitch. From Tuesday night on the past videos for his take on matches, he did a nice, respectful job, I must say. Uh, now to this week's action, starting with DDT TV show number four from May 23rd. Uh, the highlights are DDT Iron Man Heavy Metal title match, of course, with Tsuko Dino Champion uh, versus Antonio Honda in a no contest. Uh, for the DDT Universal title 3 match, Daisuke Sake Champion defeated Chris Brooks and Yomo Hisumura. And in a tag match, for the main event was Hiroshima and Masato. Oh, not the main event. Semi-main event was Hiroshima and Masato, Masato Tanaka defeating Daisuke Sasaki and Somo Tokyo. In the main event, it was KO'd open weight title match with champion Masato Tanaka defeating Shinya Okoi. Okoi. Uh, also on the 23rd, uh, 2AW Grand Slam. TV was on, Ice Ribbon, new Ice Ribbon number 1042, and Dragon Gate, King of the Gate 2020, Day 5, with a tag match of Ho-Ho Loon and Super, Super Shisa, defeating Jimmy and Monday Rio. Uh, second round matches are were Kyoto Ishida, defeating Kensuke Okaru by Countout and Naruki Dayo defeating Kai. Uh, then back here in the States, also on the 23rd, Russell Club Biohazard 4 was on in Idaho. Uh, Fist Parking Lot Pro Wrestling was in San Diego. And this one was interesting. The GWA Feeding South Florida Gangrels Wrestling Asylum in Dania Beach, Florida. Uh, Chelsea Durden defeated Kylin King. Uh, she was just recently on TV for uh, AEW Dark. And in the GWA Heavyweight title match, champion LeKay defeated Gangrel. So at least he puts all her talent for his own company there. Uh, uh, May the 24th, uh, Noah put on A New Hope Day 1. Big Japan put on uh, Crisis Survivor Volume 1. And All Japan Pro Wrestling Broadcast Number 4. Invitation to the Battle to the Royal Road. Uh, highlights are Tajiri and Yuma Ogoi defeating Ikaru Sato and Yasuki Okada. Jake Lee defeated Yoshitatsu. And in the main event, it was Kuma Arishi and Shotaro Ishano defeating Akira Francesco and Kento Mirahara. Also on the 24th, it was Dragon Gate, King of, Gate, King of the Gate 2020, Day 6. 
in a six-man tag match. It was Team Don Fuji, Mosato Yoshino, and Yash Yashushi Kenda defeating Team Dragon Gate of Kota Minero, Oji Shiba, and Punch Tamagawa. Uh, second round matches are Dragon Dia defeating Kazuma Sakamoto and Iiti defeating Ben K. Uh, then on May 27th, Ice Room put on a party number 43. And All Japan Pro Wrestling did a Wednesday special with of the Gira TV Championship. Uh, their champion is Yoshi Chasu. Yes, Yoshi Sasu of WWE fame, and he defeated Shingo Tachibana. Uh, sorry about those names, folks, but not hearing them enough. I don't know <laughs> how to pronounce them myself. Uh, now it's time for the 2B Throwback Machine with Lucha Underground's Episode 7 and 8. Episode 7 was Top of the Ladder from December 10th, 2014. Uh, match one was King Cuerno against Superfly. Superfly is a AAA wrestler, part of the OGTs. Uh, in this episode, he has a mask. So in AAA right now, he doesn't have a mask. So you should understand. You should see him how he really looks nowadays. Uh, early on in the match, uh, Drago stood atop the temple watching Cuerno. Uh, the two showed off cla the classic Lucha Libre movement in a kind of a short match. Cuerno landed his big game move, which is a Michinoko driver for the win. Uh, after a break, we see a video for Pentagon Jr.'s origin, which is pretty cool. Uh, second match is Chavo Guerrero Jr. with Pentagon Jr. in his corner against Phoenix with Sexy Star in his corner. Uh, this was a ni nice back-and-forth match until Chavo reversed a top rope move by Phoenix. Phoenix's double knees into a single leg crab. Uh, Chavo continued to work on the leg. Uh, Phoenix finally got some offense in when Chavo tried to knock him outside the ring. He went for a wild twisting splash, landing on both Chavo and Pentagon. Uh, once back in the ring, it was pretty much even with both men limping. Uh, Phoenix went to the top rope again, and Pentagon, Pentagon made him do the splits, giving Chavo the opportunity to land the famous Guerrero Frog Splash for the win. Uh, after the match, Sexy Star grabbed the mic, saying she is not done with him, and that Blue Demon Jr. is coming in for Pentagon. Uh, in the main event, it was Johnny Mundo against Prince Puma, against Big Rick in a triple threat ladder match for the hundred thousand dollars. Uh, before the main event started, we see the myst mystery woman yet again sitting right behind Matt Stryker. Yes, that Matt Stryker from Labor of Love on Fox and Vampiro. Uh, the show, they show a hype video for AEW's, yes, AEW's Brian Cage, who is headed to the temple soon. Uh, the match was really between Mundo and Puma, as Rick stayed outside early on. Uh, once, he find his, once he found his way to get rid of both men and climb the ladder alone, he was too afraid and asked the screw to come out and help, only to be beating down to the floor. Uh, later on, Puma put off a sweet move, flying over the top rope, through the ladder on the Rick and his crew, next to Danny Trejo which is pretty cool. Uh, he was a big fan of Lucha Underground for pretty much their whole in, uh, entirety. You'll see him in the crowd quite a bit. Uh, that advantage didn't last long as Rick and crew came in the ring to fight Muno and Puma for a while. A few table spots to the crew followed. Uh, Rick tossed Puma onto a bridge ladder, breaking it in half. Rick tried to get the briefcase using two ladders until Mundo stopped him with a low blow kick. It looked like he had to win until a masked person came in to stop him, yet another part of Rick's crew. Uh, somehow, some way the crew 
Orbrick could not grab the la the the briefcase from the ladder, ladder only to be fended off by Munu who grabbed the briefcase for the win. Uh, after the match, Dar Cueto came out to the ring asking for his key back and keep their deal. And since he asked for it so nicely, Munu gave it to him with a nice punch to the face. Uh, a good show all around. The ladder match was action-packed with, with a little bit of everything. Now for episode 8, a, uni a unique opportunity from December 17th, 2014. Uh, the show starts off with 10 wrestlers in the ring for a 10-way match, as Dario Cueto explains. And there will be another 10-wrestler match later on, with the winners getting a unique opportunity that is much more precious than money. So in the ring first is Phoenix, Pentagon Jr., King Cuerno, Drago, Big Rick, Superfly, Pin Prince Puma, Son of ha Havoc, El Mariachi Loco, and Masquerita Sagrada. Uh, as a 10-man match, it was hard to recap everything, but there was a lot of attention to Sagrada. Everyone landing a high spot in and out of the ring. Everyone attacking Big Rick a few times. Puma and Phoenix showed off their talent. Drago and Cuerno continued their battle. Uh, in the end, Phoenix hit a Tilt-A-World DDT and a modified pile driver for the win. Uh, on Pentagon in a really fun, awesome match. Uh, after a break, we see another hype video for the man called Cage. Uh, then we head to the locker room where Conan is yelling at Puma for letting his opportunity get away once again. Uh, in match two, it's Mimortes, Johnny Mundo, Sexy Star, Pimpinella Escalada, uh, the crew of Cortez Castro, Mr. Cisco, and Bale, who was the mystery man the last show. Uh, he is known now as B-Boy on the Independence, uh, mostly on the West Coast. I can't say that I've seen him before since he's B-Boy. Sorry, guy. Uh, Famous B, Ricky Mandel, and Chavo Guerrero end out the field. Uh, the next opportunity match is a bat Boyle Heights Battle Royal. Uh, early on, we see the mystery woman yet again looking on. Uh, this was just action-packed with strong moves and each for each elimination. Uh, first elimination is Famous B by Pimpinella. Next was Mandel by The Crew. Pimpinella by Muertes. Chavo tossed Sexy Star very easily. Uh, Mundo almost got kicked out by Castro, but held on by his toes. Uh, a Johnny Mundo exclusive. Uh, leading Mundo to flip Castro out using his legs. Chavo threw Cisco out. Uh, Mirtes speared Bale, then threw him out leaving the final three of Chavo, Mundo, and Muertes. Mundo eliminated Chavo with a springboard kick after he was caught on the top rope. Muertes countered Mundo's end of the world finisher and clotheslined him out of the ring for the big win. So in the main event, it was Mil Muertes against Phoenix. Uh, before the main event started, Cueto comes out with the power in the form of the Lucha Underground Championship. And the luchador who wears the belt will be the greatest fighter in the world. He proclaims in three weeks for the first show of the new year at Aztec Warfare, the luchador who survives will be his new champion. Uh, for tonight, the winner of the match will have a uni unique opportunity at Aztec Warfare to enter last, and the loser will be first. Uh, so for the match, was Mortes have had control most of the match, landing a spear, a power slam, only for Phoenix to fight back, hitting a swift cutter on Mortes. Phoenix tried to top rope move, only to be caught by a hard punch, leading the, to the flatliner by Mortes for the win and the number 20 at Aztec Warfare. After the match, we see Cueto admiring the championship 
and talking to someone who he can't let touch it because he likes to destroy pretty things. Still don't know who he's talking to and what it's all about, but it has to do something with that key. Uh, these matches are pretty fun. Uh, first, the battle row is nice. I, I enjoyed that more than uh, the first match. And the main event was kind of like five minutes. What do you want from two guys who just fought in 10-man action? So, good two shows. Hope the next two are just as well. Good as well. So, that's a wrap for me. Till next time, with any, any news or shows, don't forget to look at those Twitch streams and YouTube channels for other wrestling content. Uh, a lot more uh, Twitch uh, wrestlers out there. Uh, one of King Corbin, Sean Spears, and Tyler Breeze as roommates. So check them out. They're actually it's it's interesting that they're roommates. <laughs> but hey, do what you gotta do in these days, right? Uh, thank you for watching or listening. Hope you enjoyed the cut. Stay safe, take care, and be kind, everyone. Back to you, Tom. Alright, that was the Indie Cut with Charlie G. Thank you, as always, for all your contributions to the show, Charlie. And uh, this point in the show is normally where I would uh, have the segment known as the Troll of the Week. Uh, now, I, I omitted that segment last week due to the, uh, the tragedy... Uh, the tragic death of Hana Kimura uh, due in large part to cyberbullying. I just didn't think it would be uh, appropriate uh, for last week. And with everything going on in the world right now, uh, you know, I, I have made the decision to uh, kind of retire the, uh, the Troll of the Week segment. I just uh, don't think it's appropriate. I don't think it's responsible to be highlighting... Uh, ignorance and hate uh, in the in the times that we are uh, we are going through right now so uh, as of uh, yeah as of right now the troll of the week is uh, is done it is retired uh, it is you know it is no more like I said I just I uh, don't don't feel it's appropriate I don't feel it's uh, it's responsible to uh, you know even lightheartedly even if it's tongue-in-cheek even if it's done you know just uh, just for a laugh or a goof I don't think it's right to uh, be highlighting uh, just ignorance and and hate and stuff like that uh, so <clears throat> so yeah the uh, the troll of the week is finished but starting next week I will have a brand new segment for the show uh, I'll be a lot more upbeat a lot more positive um, and uh, yeah, I'm not going to give the name of it or anything like that, but there will be a very special guest on the show to help me introduce this new segment. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think uh, you know much more, uh, much more appropriate and just a much more, a much more positive, uh, positive thing to have on the show. So that's uh, you know that's that's pretty much all I'm going to give away right now. But uh, definitely tune in next week. Like I said, a brand new segment with a special guest for the uh, for the first. Uh, first episode of this new segment so uh, make sure you check out the show next week for that so moving right along the next part of the show always a positive feature and one of my one of my favorites because i get to just uh you know fantasize and use my imagination and stuff and i'm talking about the fantasy booker Before I get into my fantasy booker for this week, I just want to mention in case uh, if you guys are hearing like uh, music in the background, it is one of my neighbors. Uh, there's like a window right next to where I record here, and my uh, my neighbor's garage is right outside that window. And apparently he's a DJ or something like that. And he, you know, ever since this uh, quarantine's been in place, that's just uh, seems like every day he's out in his garage DJing with the garage door open. Can't really complain too much. It's the middle of the day, you know. I mean, yeah, you have a good time, dude. So. <laughs> Uh, if you're hearing hearing some uh, you know some music pounding or or whatever in the background while I'm talking, that's what it is. But uh, anyway, on to the fantasy booker, and this is one that I think uh, pretty much everybody's been waiting for. This is one that I am positive is going to happen in the near future. But uh, it's still you know it's a fantasy matchup. It's it's a dream match, uh, and I'm talking about FTR versus the Young Bucks. And uh, you know this is one. It's a, a 
a big clash in styles. The Young Bucks, obviously, you know, they're they're big time high spot guys. They're high flyers. Uh, FTR, they are uh, much more mat based. Uh, there was an awesome picture of FTR online this week uh, backstage at AEW with Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, and it was just yeah wow uh to see to see all four of those guys together is just uh, it was just an awesome sight uh, and you know ftr definitely very reminiscent of uh of arn and tully the brain busters the horsemen whatever you want to call them so uh but yeah ftr versus the bucks you know it's going to happen uh ftr just made their debut in uh in aew this past week actually helping the young bucks but i i don't think that's going to last too long you know uh everybody wants to see FTR versus the Bucks. It's been kind of a a, a recurring joke on being the elite. That's kind of where the FTR thing came from. I mean, FTR in WWE stood for Forever the Revival. On being the elite, it was uh, uh, I think it was co- coined by Cody Rhodes. Fuck the revival was kind of his catchphrase on there until they got hit with a cease and desist. But uh, so yeah. FTR and the Young Bucks, it's going to happen at some point, and it's going to be one of the best tag team matches in history. I am 99.9% sure of that. Unless something goes drastically wrong, it is going to be one of the best tag team matches that you're ever going to see. So, uh, yeah, make sure you're paying attention to AEW for that one, because it's coming. It's not going to be just a fantasy for too much longer. So that is this week's Fantasy Booker, is FTR versus the Young Bucks. Uh, yeah, AEW, it's going to happen. I'm not even going to say, you know, please let this happen. It's going to happen. So that uh, that's going to do for the Fantasy Booker. And uh, moving on to my last segment of the show for this week, uh, typically an unpopular opinion, and some people may not like this one, but, uh, you know, hey, it is what it is, and it, uh, at the end of the day, it's my opinion. So, uh, you know, that, that's pretty much all I can say about it. And, of course, I am talking about the weekly hot take. weekly hot take for this week is Monday Night Raw currently has the best group of champions in wrestling. I mean, take a look at uh, at who your champions are on Raw. You got Drew McIntyre as the WWE champion, Asuka as the women's champion, Apollo Crews is the new United States champion, and the Street Profits as tag team champions. This is, for me, the, the quintessential championship lineup you've got your your top guy drew mcintyre as your top champion uh your your top women's wrestler and oscar as your women's champion uh probably one of your best uh if not the best mid-card guy um uh, you know i'm not going to call him a jobber because he's not but uh you know uh the the best uh i think the guy with one of the brightest futures now that he's finally getting you know pushed a little bit uh, is uh, is Apollo Cruz as a United States champion? So hopefully, you know that uh, that is a good spot for him to be in. Hopefully, he gets you know a little bit more uh, prominent storylines and things like that. But uh, yeah, Apollo Cruz definitely a, a great uh, great United States champion and Street Profits, one of the best tag teams WWE has right now. Uh, and their you know their uh, their current rivalry with the Viking Raiders, I think, leaves a little to be desired, especially with the you know, the stuff they've been doing the last few weeks with the mini golf and the axe throwing and the basketball. I mean, I get it. You know, it's entertaining and they're they're They have to fill TV time. And, you know, it shows uh, shows a, uh, kind of a different side of the, the Viking Raiders personality wise. So, I mean, I get it. It's entertaining. I'm not saying that it's not. It's just again, it's not my thing. But uh, as far as, you know, champions go, as far as in ring work and stuff like that, you know, you could not get a better team as your tag team champions, then the Street Profits, and once they start, you know, having some more matches with the Viking Raiders, I mean, those are the two best teams on Raw, for me, without a doubt, um, you know, it, I mean, what, what else can be said, so, yeah, for my money, Monday Night Raw has the best core of champions of any wrestling show out there right now, including AEW, I mean, don't get me wrong, I, everybody knows I love AEW, I like Moxley, I like, uh, Cody, I like, Page and uh, and Omega and Hikaru Shida is one of the best uh, women's wrestlers I've ever seen. But I just think as far as who you think champions should be, you know, I don't think there are too many complaints that anybody could make about uh, champions on Monday Night Raw. So uh, 
yeah, that's that's my hot take. Monday Night Raw has the best group of champions in wrestling right now. So that uh, is pretty much going to do it for this week for the show. Now, next week coming up, I'll have my preview and predictions for the uh, NXT TakeOver In Your House event coming up on, uh, on June 7th. So uh, make sure you check that one out. Like I said, I will have a new segment debuting to replace the Troll of the Week segment. We'll have a very special guest on the show to, uh, to kick that one off the right way. And... Uh, you know, all the other uh, news and rumors and usual segments that you see and hear on the show. So once again, I want to thank everybody for uh, watching, listening, and subscribing on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts from. Make sure you're following on social media. It's at Catch Hook Shoot on all social media platforms. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Catch Hook Shoot for all your t-shirt needs. Patreon.com slash Catch Hook Shoot for all your bonus content. And the email address, like always, is CatchHookShoot at gmail.com. So with that, I want to say again, I hope everybody's staying safe, staying healthy, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, that that's, that's pretty much it. Like I said, stay safe, stay healthy, take care of each other, be nice to each other. You know, uh, put yourself in in somebody else's shoes before you say something stupid to them, <laughs> and uh, you know, just uh, you know, just be be good people. That that's the the gist of what I'm trying to say here. So with that, I am going to sign off for right now. Thank you again, everybody, for checking out the show, and I will talk to you guys soon. <laughs>